0: This is Annette and Mark with Karen the Load. We are excited to be with you today. It has been an interesting month, to say the least, hasn't it, Mark?
1: Man, it sure has.
0: It's it's something that um, I think each day I I might have figured it out, and it seems to not be the case.
1: You mean you haven't been using your playbook for this?
0: Uh, No, I haven't. I thought I had a
1: playbook. There, There is no playbook for what we've experienced during the last month.
0: Each day that playbook changes, and, it, and sometimes that playbook isn't even a whole day before it changes. So we are um, happy to have you here. It was interesting, yesterday I walked into Mark's office, and I saw this interesting article on his desk, and it kind of piqued my interest. And so we thought that... Uh, we would I would interview Mark.
1: How about that? How about that? So Mark, do you want to talk to us a little bit about this? Sure, sure. You know, in my in my line of work, I manage a lot of people. And uh one of the things that I that I manage is not only their their success uh through their vocation, but uh, also their success in how, how they're dealing with what we're going through right now. It's a really tough thing. And the thing that I found over the last month is that everyone deals with difficulties differently
0: we all do we all do and i think it tri- it triggers us all in a very different way so what you're trying to tell me as a leader and a sales manager and can we add into that a therapist and a coach and all these other things it's all into one
1: you're giving me a lot of credit for things that i'm not proficient at but i think we're all learning aren't we we are it's uh it's an interesting time and uh one of the one of the words that seems to be out there that uh, we've been hearing a lot of is the word resilience. Mm-hmm. And uh resilience is an important word as it uh, really pertains to our ability to not put ourselves in a place where we we don't care but put ourselves in a place where we can bounce back. Mm-hmm. And and one of, the, uh, one, of the, one of the analogies that uh, I've, I've heard is uh, the question, would you rather be a tennis ball or an egg?
0: You asked me that yesterday.
1: I did ask you that yesterday, and, and you weren't quite sure how to approach that question.
0: I didn't know where it was coming from, for one thing. <laughs> and at the time, I may, felt, may have felt a little bit more like an egg.
1: And, you know, I think that we all feel that way sometimes, especially during the last month as we've been dealing with, is that the one thing about a tennis ball is it bounces back. Right. Does an egg bounce back? Not so much.
0: Not so much, and I think I might have said I feel a little cracked.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we all feel a little bit cracked during the last little while, and so one of the things that we thought would be a good idea today was to talk about uh, how we as cracked individuals can learn how to bounce back, learn how to put ourselves in a position where we don't allow this coronavirus to get the best of us.
0: I like that. I really do. It's something because. For me anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like um, maybe my bou- I've lost a little bit of my bounce.
1: Yeah, I think we all have to a degree. And again, it's because we don't have a set playbook, something that we can go to and say, okay, if this happens, then we should be doing this. But a lot of the things that we're learning and a lot of the things that uh, I'm seeing in people are instinctually things that uh, we learn throughout our lives. They are... Uh, Purpose in life, for example, might, you might call it. Uh, it's something that as we as we have to deal through the vicissitudes of life. Now, that's a big word. That is a big word. I'm impressed. As we deal with the vicissitudes of life there, what happens is if we don't learn to bounce back, the alternatives aren't very good.
0: No, they're not. You
1: know, one of, one of the uh, books that I've, I've loved reading through the years is uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read that book? It's it's a uh, it's a book about uh, Victor Frankel when he was in a uh, concentration camp, and it uh, talks about how he learned to bring positivity out of uh, all the negative things that were happening in his life. That's impressive. And uh, one of the things that uh, we we know about uh, dark times is that it's this particular dark time has stripped millions of people from their jobs, from their livelihood, from their savings. You know, I know a lot of people with 401ks that are very concerned about being able to retire on time now because of what they've lost uh, in in their 401k and in their savings.
0: So just for those of you who don't know, that's, Mark is in the financial industry as a profession and has been for 30 plus years. And so that's, what his focus is and a lot in what he does so So, sorry to interrupt no no
1: no that's that's fine there it gives you a little bit of a uh, context as where I'm coming from here but in talking with people and reading a lot I would hope that one of the things that each of you are doing is reading I was reading yesterday someone that I know was uh, talking about their grandfather and their grandmother who lived during the uh, epidemic of 1918 the Spanish flu Mm. And uh, they were reading in her journal, the grandmother's journal, about how life was back then. And uh, the interesting thing was that uh, the grandmother said, people around us are dying, and we can't go to their funerals. We can't go to church. We can't go to the store. Does this sound familiar?
0: It does, and I read that, and I had those same thoughts and feelings about it's happening all over again. It's 100 years Later be in so many ways some of those feelings are the same, even though it's a different time period.
1: Whether we recognize it or not, we are writing history right now. And the things that are happening to us right now will be read by others a hundred years down the line. And they're going to wonder how we dealt with things. And you know, in some regards I think that we've become a little bit soft. If I look at things 100 years ago versus looking at things today, we have become a little bit soft. Physically? Physically, we become a little bit soft. Emotionally, we've become a little bit soft. And that ability to bounce back with us, I don't think, in some regards, at least with some people, isn't nearly as there like it is so today as it was in 1918.
0: I think I, I get where you're coming from, where you're talking about You know, soft because I think they saw so and lived so many hardships. I remember, um, oh, it's been about six years, seven years ago, maybe, when actually it was probably eight years ago, as I think back, and I was looking at some family history of a great great grandmother, great great great, I think. And at the time, I was struggling. I was feeling cracked, and our son had passed away about a year before. And I just saw in looking through her her family history that she lost seven or eight children. Yeah. And I just it it just was this, you know, it kind of hit me in the face and this overwhelming gasp. And I thought, if she can do it, I can do it.
1: You know, that's a great point, and let me take a step back just for a second here because I think it's important that what we're not trying to do here in our conversation today is to take away mourning, and uh, mourning is a very important uh, thing that we do, and we all have mourned whether it's over individuals that are close to us that have lost or whether it's a job that we've lost, whether it's just wishing that things were the way that they are or the, the way that they were because it is a different world today, and it probably will always be a different world. That's what I'm hearing over and over, is that there is no new norm there, because the norm changes week by week.
0: It is, nothing
1: is familiar. And so as we we share our thoughts with you today here, the idea is not to make you so hard and so cold that you don't mourn for those things that are lost, because it's very important that we do, but it's also very important to put things into perspective to put things into a means of being able to deal with them to a greater degree so that it doesn't get the best of us.
0: Well and, and when you say that it 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 hits a, a chord with me and I don't want to become hard. You know, an egg that doesn't crack you know, I guess I'm looking at that and I want to have that to be pliable and, and moldable and to feel and if I'm hard I'm not gonna feel. And so a tennis ball is if you really look at it it has a bounce but it also is pliable isn't it's it it's pliable
1: yeah it, it really is there and i think that was one of the things that victor frankl was getting at in his book uh, man's search for uh, for meaning there you know he was he was talking about uh, he was talking about uh, his experiences in auschwitz there now if you don't know who victor frankl was he was a uh, austrian A neurologist and a psychologist and he found he found purpose not only when he was in auschwitz but also thereafter is he was talking with people throughout his professional career and their experiences not only in concentration camps but through their own personal concentration camp and sometimes we all have those personal concentration camps that we're dealing with and he said something interesting in his book he said that life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose.
0: That's incredible.
1: And finding purpose really is a fundamental requirement for human health and well-being. And that's one of the things that uh, we have to be careful, that if we're not looking for that purpose, we we can get caught in, again, our own personal Auschwitz there. Coronavirus is difficult, and we're dealing with it. But one of the things that, one of the things that uh, we're hearing over and over again as well is that mental and physical health uh, people are, are telling us that uh, resilience and self-esteem increases when we start doing things that are positive, when our mind changes, when we put ourselves in a position of my life really does have purpose. It
0: all of this is really resonating with me. I think. Um, I, we just did a podcast the other day about grieving, uh, Annie Smith and I and and there is that additional um, step of grieving that they have they've recognized, and this purpose, this finding purpose it it blends right into that additional
1: you know if, step if, of grieving yeah it, it really does and, and and if we're not careful, we can become more focused on the things that we've lost versus what we've gained. And uh, one of the things that I believe is really important is that uh, during this time, during this uh, really difficult, challenging time in our lives, we have to ask ourselves, what have we gained? Have you gained a different perspective? Have you gained insights? Have you gained skills of things that you didn't know about yourself before?
0: Well, friends, I have gained uh, a lot of skills actually because one, you know I've had the time. I slowed down. and so I figured out how to do some some different some things differently. But also, it was a change in my attitude. I was talking with a friend yesterday and and she was at a point where she was just you know frustrated and struggling with this coronavirus and what it was doing to her children and and them, and you know all these things, and their children had. One was a hairdresser is a hairdresser and she can't work and you know, all the the recip- the what's the word? I'm seeing the waves going out from the pond as you throw a pebble in and it just you know, so you have all of this these things that happen. And it is hard and we're all affected. And and I told her that you know, something changed for me when I stopped resisting this. In the fact that I w- you know, it is what it is. I don't like it and it's not, it's so foreign to me and it feels uncomfortable, but I was going to try to find the gifts.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's really the important thing that we've got to uh, focus on there. And I don't want to underestimate the question that I just asked a second ago, which is what have you learned or what are you learning during this time right now? I I, uh, read something interesting Uh, I think it was this morning in the newspaper, they were talking about, do you remember when you were in college and they they used to have a term, it was called the freshman 15? Oh, yeah. Uh, The freshman 15 was the 15 pounds that you would put on your freshman year because you're eating differently. Well, someone referenced that same idea and they said the Corona 15. It's probably the (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the, the COVID-19 15. I guess, is, is something that a lot of people are dealing with. And if that's the only thing that you've gained <laughs> during this time, then, then I think that you're in trouble.
0: So for me, you know, yesterday I was really trying to think, and what am I gaining? And this is, I was having a pity party yesterday. Let's just say it that way. I was feeling cracked. And uh, what am I gaining? What am I learning? And I remembered telling Mark, I don't want to come out of this the same as I was before all of this started. I want to become better. I want to understand more about myself. I want to understand how I tick, what triggers me, why, and why can't, this has a, you know, before sometimes those coping mechanisms for me in different hard times was just to shove it under. Well, you can't shove it under all the time.
1: No, shoving things under the rug doesn't do anybody any good. now, it's interesting that you would say what you just said there because this is not just a COVID-19 no. uh, phenomenon. In fact, we could have had the very same conversation nine years ago when our son passed away Right there as what am I going to learn from this experience? What have I learned already? What What is going to make me a better person because of this tragedy in our lives? And because of
0: this and because... I, I need to do things differently right now. I am learning skills that are enhanced, skills of coping, skills of finding that purpose that you talk about in, in so many of these things. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Yes.
1: So, so let me ask you a question, Annette. Uh, as we talk about Viktor Frankl and as we talk about uh, how he survived Auschwitz, what are some of the coping skills that you're dealing with as you're trying to survive your own personal Auschwitz during the last now, and that's not a fair comparison. I, I understand that there, you know, sitting here eating, uh, you know, eating uh, our, our food that we stored away is not like anything at all. Like people that uh, dealt with uh, concentration camps dealt with. And so I'm not making that comparison. What I am making a comparison of there though is our ability to overcome those difficult challenges that we have, what are some of the things that you're doing?
0: this is This is difficult for me because um, so many of the skills and the tools that I've had in the past included connecting with others in a physical go to lunch, Go you know just be there give a hug you know whatever it is type of a way well that's been taken away, and so, you know one thing that that is um. Is a gift with all of this with with Mark and I here in our home, um, for the past month with with you know stay home stay safe, is that we have learned to. Um, at least I, you know, to rely on each other even more.
1: Yeah, we talked about that yesterday a little bit.
0: We did. And so that, to me, is, is a new, new skill. You know, it's um, something that, that Mark traveled a lot. And and now, you know, here's the exact opposite. Traveled a lot with work. And, and so, you know, we had a different dynamic there. And and now, you know, he's always in his office. That's downstairs.
1: So, so here's the interesting thing, what you're saying there, is that every one of us look at things through a different lens. And while your difficult situation that you're dealing with is social interaction, someone else might have something else that they're dealing with. Maybe they're dealing with health issues. Maybe they had an underlying health issue before this came along, and they're not able to see the doctors often. Or maybe they're they're not able to pick up their prescriptions, uh, as is. As much as they need to, there there are so many different things that we all look at. So much uh, that affect our ability to wake up the next day and do things.
0: Right. You know, um, for a long time, I used to describe, you know, days. You know, it's fair to partly cloudy, or it's you know, it's a sunny day, or but and and that was you know using these weather um, terminologies and, and things. That was kind of how I described what was going inside with me too. And um, someone, a friend asked me yesterday, can you see the light? You know, can you see the sun? And, and, you know, at the time I couldn't because it was pretty cloudy. And so, you know, we have to focus differently. And so we have to learn these different skills. Do we have to find, you know, that purpose? And is it, is it, bad. No, you know, I'm sure these these skills with Viktor Frankl are something he learned outside of Auschwitz.
1: Yeah, in fact a lot of it was probably things that uh, were instilled in him, maybe even beforehand but he learned before, during and after and I think that's
0: And they all had to be adapted. I'm sure it wasn't the same. Well, of course it wasn't the same. You know, here he is in that concentration camp. There's no way that could have been the same but he learned to master that Feeling and being able to focus and find that purpose,
1: and and our ability to master comes at different times in our life, and it comes with with different skills. It comes with uh, different circumstances that we're we're dealt with. You mentioned that uh, person that you were reading about that had lost how many children? Eight. Eight children. You know, imagine you could, you know, if anybody could have a pass and say, hey, you don't need to wake up today. You lost eight children ten years ago.
0: Well, and when I think about it, you know, there, it. You, I would look back in history and think, oh, what was going on? Because, you know, you, this child was this day. Oh, you lost two t- children on this day. You know, it was, it wasn't, you know, that was a painful, painful time. They don't have the, the technology and the medicines and the different things that we have today that, that are such a blessing in our lives.
1: You know, when it comes to loss, I think that the worst loss is always your loss. Mm-hmm. And someone else's loss might not have the same meaning. And it doesn't mean that it isn't important. And we're not comparing losses. The one thing that we can't do is try to compare our misery over someone else's misery. Because we're going to find that everybody deals with things differently. And it's just not a fair comparison. But how do we deal with our own Difficult times. Can I share a story? Please. We, my, my grandparents lived in this cozy little cottage there, and uh, we used to love going on Sunday afternoons to, to Grandma and Grandpa's house. In the summertime, it was always root beer floats, and in the wintertime, it was always rice pudding. I mean, mm-hmm. you could count on it, just like clockwork there. And in my grandparents' home, in their living room there, they had a chandelier. And this chandelier, when the uh, morning sun would hit that chandelier, it would create the most incredible colors on the wall, on the white wall. And you could just watch those colors dance across the wall there. And as a child, I used to love laying on their lambskin roll uh, there. And as we would sit, as I would sit there and watch those colors, I would just be mesmerized. And it was something that uh, I absolutely loved to watch. And it's one of my fondest memories of my grandparents' home. And I love
0: watching the sparkle in your eyes as you're remembering. Yeah. Those we, we all remember those
1: those times, don't we? Well, we as a family decided to purchase that home after my grandparents were, were gone, and uh, it became a home for our children as they got married, and, and uh, it was just a special place. Well, unfortunately, there was a fire that gutted that uh, home, at least in the living room part in the kitchen there. We were able to go in and uh, restore the home back to where it needed to be. But one of the things that absolutely broke my heart when I walked into that home after the fire was seeing that chandelier there, and it was just completely black. The soot and the smoke had just made that uh, black. And, And so in part of the restoration, I took that... I took that chandelier down and I put it out in the garage and there it sat for probably three months. And as I go into the garage to be getting tools or, or equipment or, or things that I needed to help to uh, put that house back to where it needed to be, I would always see that, that chandelier sitting there. One day, as I was feeling sorry for myself and as I was thinking how beautiful that chandelier used to be, I just had this epiphany come to my mind. And that epiphany was go find some Windex and a rag. I did and it was interesting because I I started squirting the Windex on that chandelier and as I got the rag and took each of the chandelier crystals off I found that uh, those uh, crystals became as clear as they were before and I came to a realization rather quickly that we can commiserate all we want to about the things how they used to be. But we have to take action and to put ourselves in a position where we can allow that light to shine through that crystal again. Since that time, that was probably about 10 years ago, since that time I've carried one of those uh, crystals in my pocket every day. It's a reminder to me to look towards and to focus towards the things that you can clearly see. My life is about clarity. I try to have a symbol in my life. And if you were to ask me what that symbol is, it'd be clarity. It's important to have clarity in our lives. It's important to recognize that uh, even though difficult things happen to us, that we have the ability to overcome. We're still going to grieve. That grieving is always going to be there. Uh, When when you ask me, or if you were to ask uh, Annette, when did we stop grieving when our son passed away what would the answer be i'm still grieving yeah we we are it's how we deal with that grief that uh, helps us to become who we want to be
0: you know i'm holding this crystal that he that he had in his pocket and took out as he was sharing that story and it's this beautiful teardrop shaped crystal um And when he was doing all that, I didn't understand. You know, I didn't understand what he was, he was doing and washing and scrubbing. And he didn't just wash one crystal. He washed them all. And then he um, shared that story and he gave a crystal to each of, each of the grandchildren, each of uh, our nieces and nephews. Um, And, you know, to be that symbol of clarity and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and it, I love I love that story and I love how you've you've took something that, that broke your heart to see. I mean first it was that something that was just so fond of you and to feel that love and that home when you would see that, that chandelier and you'd lay on the rug as a little boy to, you know, breaking your heart when it when you saw it blackened and covered with soot to now again
1: being this symbol of hope and clarity. So as we talk about clarity, as we talk about dealing with the difficult times in our lives, it's, it's important to focus on the fact that, that meaning is, is very important to us. It's, we, we can reflect on those things that have happened to us, but we can also reflect upon those things that have happened for us. There and that's where we have to be really careful, because if you can't feel it, it's hard to heal it. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I, I, think... I mean it completely. And
0: some of the things um, again that I've been learning that I, I didn't want to feel it. I didn't want to feel the pain. I didn't want to feel whatever that was bringing up, and so I'd shove it to a point that I, you know, I didn't feel it. But the reality is when I allowed myself to feel it is when I began to heal.
1: So so the meaning is not really in the experience itself. The meaning is in what happened after the experience. So for us, you know, it's easy to go back and say, Oh, wasn't that a terrible, terrible thing that happened to your son that, uh, that he passed away? Uh, yeah, at such an early age, 21 years old from the effects of a brain tumor. That's a terrible thing. But at the same time, I don't think either of us would challenge or change the things that we've learned because of that experience. Never.
0: I, I mean, I I would never want to go through that again. Yeah. I, I pray I've learned and become who I can and then continue to become through these, those experiences as I continue to learn and progress and, and find that purpose. I don't wish this upon anyone. But we all have experiences in life that are painful, that drop us to our knees, that make us go to the core and the depths of anguish so that we can come out with the
1: light. So the question I would have for our audience today is, can you find gratitude in what's happening? And and we would hope that the answer is yes. We can find gratitude in in the death of our son and the fact that if he would have never been born, we would have not had those experiences with him. That would have been sad. That would have been very sad there. And so we can find gratitude in those things that are difficult. But one of the things and and, and uh and let me yeah. say
0: this. And if you can't
1: just like I couldn't see the light
0: yesterday at, at one point, you know, don't shame yourself. It's okay. Just keep seeking, keep searching, keep searching for that purpose. Find that little spark of, of light and and gratitude and it'll grow. And some days, and sometimes you might not be able to find it or see it.
1: But just like a seed, I've been trying to grow some seeds, some pumpkin seeds. Last year, we had a 200-pound pumpkin in our garden. It was massive. And I decided that uh, I was going to start some seeds this year and uh, start some plants. Uh, and, I, and I started about two weeks ago, and uh, I, put, uh, I put seven pots of soil with some seeds from that pumpkin in that. I've been watering them every day, and yesterday I went out very frustrated because I realized that there was absolutely no growth in any of those seeds yet. And I'm trying to figure out why, and I realized that the reason why is because it didn't have adequate light, and it didn't have adequate warmth. They're, they're out in the garage, and it still gets down to 40 degrees, if not colder, every night uh, here in, in Utah. And so I think that there are certain things that we need to do as well as we recognize that in finding purpose and trying to understand and put some context to all of this here's a few ideas that I just wanted to share with us today okay great and this one kind of deals with your issue in uh, dealing with uh, your social distancing concerns there <laughs> you know we we've been we've been throwing a, a uh, An idea around the last few weeks that social distancing doesn't need to mean social disinteraction. Right. You know, we we've recognized there's there's different ways that uh, we disengage ourselves, but it doesn't mean that we have to uh, disengage from people just because we can't see them, just because we can't go to lunch with them. So no we do, chips and salsa. No chips. Ah, that's that's become that's become an it's important a, thing in our. It's a code word. It is. It, it is a code term in our in our marriage. Here is that. Hey, we need some chips and salsa. What that means is, let's go for a drive. <laughs> let's go for a drive. We just need to get out of the house. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do, if you haven't done so already, is make sure that you're calling, making sure that you're checking in, making sure that you're emailing. You know, for some of our older. And I shouldn't say older because it, uh, everyone is technically challenged to, to some degree in their, in their lives there. But grandparents, learn how to Skype with your grandchildren. That's one of the things that we look forward to every single day is being able to see those grandkids and watching them grow. We have a uh, new two-and-a-half-month-old granddaughter. Just watching her day by day brings happiness. It does bring happiness,
0: but I, you know, I keep saying, is she going to know me? But the fun thing is... She's recognizing my voice, because I talk to her when her mommy holds the the phone to her, so I can see the camera and can see her, and I think she's going to know who who her goggy is when we can get back together and I can hold her.
1: I, I think she, I think that she will know who her goggy is, Sarah. That's good. That's that's, and that's <laughs> We we don't we're not quite sure where that came from there, but uh, Annette is goggy and I'm Poppy. Uh, with with our grandkids Sarah. actually it came from our
0: first grandson, and he couldn't say Grammy. I don't know. He he said Goggy, and I was so embarrassed.
1: But now it's kind of a. Uh, but now,
0: then he called me Grammy a few months after that, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm Goggy. I'm the only Goggy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: No, so, no, no. That's our no, personal us. So so let's go on here with our our ways to find purpose. We talked about number one was to call an email and to find technological ways that so we can. Check in.
0: Oh, I can't imagine doing this without the gifts
1: of the technology we have. The second way is to find ways find ways to serve. Now that can be difficult. I've been I, I've been a little bit uh, concerned about going and donating blood. I shouldn't be because I've been doing that for years. There once a month I I uh, I, I go donate blood and and it's my way of being able to say. I'm helping somebody else there. But when we have the social distancing, what are some of the ways that we can serve others?
0: It's hard because the natural ways really aren't, um, they're not the same. But let me tell you, I have received notes um, lately that, you know, on the doorstep with a bag of popcorn. People know I love popcorn. Um, That, obviously, is my my, uh, love language, I guess, is food. Uh (laughs) Comfort Uh food. Anyway, um, or, you know, the notes, just thinking of you, telling me something they appreciate about me. Those have really brightened my day. I, um, this, the other day, I, I needed to go for a walk, but I also knew, I was just feeling that a friend of mine was just struggling, and I thought, okay, how can I can how can I help her? We can't go get chips and salsa, and but we need to just we need to have some some connection there. And I asked her, I sent her a text, and I said, "Can we go for a social distance walk?" And it was the best thing for both of us. And I was expecting to be there to help her, but guess what? It helped both of us. It yeah. fed our souls. I-
1: I think right now we'd be very, very surprised just how much the little things can do. If, if you were to, if you have an elderly uh, neighbor, go by and as you see them sitting by the window, wave to them and, uh, and do something that will brighten their day. Just those little things like that will make all the difference in the world. But we need to recognize that uh, our power to, to smile is a big, big part. It's, it's interesting that uh, we can be talking on the telephone, and you can tell when someone else is smiling. Oh, yeah. And uh, that smile, even though we can't see it, we can hear it. And that goes an awful long way uh, to people that we're interacting with there. So the third idea here in finding purpose, in whether it's a pandemic or other times of our life, is really trying to prioritize a culture of lifelong learning. Do you remember all those things that you said that you were going to do on a rainy day? Are you doing them? That book list that uh, you said, oh, when I have some time, I'm going to actually sit down and read this book or read that book. This is not a judgmental question here. But the question really is, is what are you doing to cultivate that lifelong learning process there? Are you visiting virtual museums? I I, I read something uh, interesting the other day. Someone was doing virtual music lessons for anyone that was interested in doing it. Are you reading things? You know, I don't consider myself a big poetry guy, but I've really gained an appreciation for some of the uh, the noble poets of yesteryear. You know, Wordsworth and and uh, so many po others that uh, I hadn't read their works in years, and I've really been it's it's really been interesting for me as I've gained that, and uh, as it's given me some perspective of not only dealing with problems but dealing with some of the beautiful things that we deal with in the so... world. So.
0: Really, when we're talking here, this time that we've been forced to slow down to do things differently has been a gift because we have seen the beauty that is out there and available to all of us that they've taken. You know we can't go visit every site throughout the world that we've we've read about or we've seen you know we've heard about, but we can virtually go there, yeah it's amazing they're here close by um we have it's called thanksgiving point and they have this tulip festival and you go walk through these gardens and it's acres and acres and acres of gardens and it's incredible and that's that's springtime well obviously this year they're closed and um i read something sunday that they have a virtual virtual tours and every day it's different sections of the garden and then a thing that I loved about this that you can actually send um, tulip bouquets from those gardens with a note to someone that you love because you know this is these are the things that they they've had and they've been doing in the past they haven't been sending those tulips Mm -hmm. but Wouldn't that be a way to serve someone?
1: You know, it certainly hasn't hurt that this is a springtime. Oh, if this was winter. hmm, But imagine if it was winter. There are going to be winters in our life, both figuratively as well as uh, physically. And uh, dealing with things, dealing with those difficult times in our lives, it might always feel like wintertime. But I promise you that the birds do still chirp. And even though it was a cloudy day yesterday, Annette, it was still it was still nice to be able to see the green grass, and the buds in the trees, the uh, blossoms that are coming out there. It was still there. It was. We just had to see it. It was that clarity. So so let's talk about the fourth way to find purpose here, and this to me is one of my big ones. I love to write, and uh, understand that we are living history today, and it, this is really our opportunity to record it. Mm-hmm. Imagine what our posterity will be reading about us during during these times, maybe 100 years from now. And I would hope that we didn't just talk about how difficult it was because we couldn't go to Pizza Hut or we couldn't go to our favorite chips and salsa place <laughs> there during during that difficult time.
0: Hey, now i got to clarify. It's not the chips and salsa. It's the I, connection.
1: I'm giving you a hard time. Okay, okay. The, the fifth the fifth idea here is to exercise and that's one thing that we all have to probably do a little bit better I, I haven't really set daily goals other than the fact that uh, my, my watch which counts my steps has been nowhere close to my goal of 10,000 steps a day and so when I went out yesterday and went for a brisk walk it was a little bit of a cold day yesterday it was amazing how better I felt when I got home because of that exercise do what you can do if you're, if you're sheltered in place, if you can only stay inside, find ways of walking around your house. You might wear a hole in the carpet in doing that, but find things that you can do that allow you to get your blood flowing and that energy level staying where it needs to be and to take away that uh, COVID-19-15 pounds go. there that uh, we're, we're starting to get. The, the sixth thing I would encourage you to look at is something we talked about already is counting your blessings. We all have blessings there, and we all have a sense of awe and gratitude for something in our lives that we're, uh, that we're seeing. For us right now, it's the springtime. It's the growth that we're seeing. It's the birds flying. It's, it's the blossoms on the trees. It's a lot of different things that sometimes when we are in our own personal prison camps, if we're not careful, we don't see those beautiful things. And then the last thing I would just encourage you to look at uh, here as we as we close our podcast today is looking at the way to organize the activity of your day. How are you going to control those activities? Now really is a great time to prepare, not only for the things that you're dealing with right now, but also for things that will happen in the future, those things that will be the new norms. Things that uh, we're going to have to to learn how to deal with to a to a different degree. It is all about learning. It's all about growth. It's it's all about vision. It is,
0: and and I, you know, just like so many experiences that we've had, I would really, really just be so disappointed if I came out on the other side of this experience and I was the same as I was going into it. Yeah, I want to grow. I want to learn, I want to become, I want to have goals that I can reach, I want to help other people. And so, you know, friends, did we know a year ago, did we know three months ago, that we would have launched a podcast? That Karen the Load would be something that really is not only a blessing to us, but it's a way to offer hope and help to others. We didn't know that.
1: Yeah, just remember that uh, your challenge is not a test. In in the fact that uh, it's, you know, how how do we deal with tests sometimes? Sometimes we think the word test and just... Panic. It, it just inflicts <laughs> panic on us there. But it's not a test. It's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to find that clarity that we talk about with the... Uh, with, with, with anything that we deal with there. For me, that clarity was in the uh, chandelier. Mm-hmm. To me, that clarity is in, in the ability to, to see that uh, crystal and recognize that it's clear, that I can see through it, and that it still has the ability, even though it once had those, those uh, stains that came from a very difficult time, in this case a fire, it has that ability to shine again, like it always did before. But I have to do something about it. You do.
0: We each have to do something about it. I thoroughly have enjoyed this this episode. This is the first time that we've done something like this, where I've actually kind of interviewed you. That's right. And and I I hope that each of you have enjoyed it, and and I feel like we're going to do a lot more of these things together and um, interacting like this, and one of us um, being the host and interviewing the other. So, Mark, thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate it. I, I love that, um, that that document you had on your desk, that it piqued my interest, and that it um, led to this, this incredible podcast. So, thanks for joining us for this episode of Karen the Low Community. This episode is brought to you by Karen About Health, our sister site for tips on wellness and gut health. Also, continue following us on Facebook and Instagram over at Karen the Load, where we create opportunities to inspire, grow, and connect with each other. We're better together. Take care.